Burdened with a difficult childhood, a small-town boy sought escape through the allure of the silver screen. That boy was my father, and tonight we explore history and pop culture through film and television trivia. Welcome to the Marionette Theater. Take your seats. The next matinee minutia is about to begin. Cronhaven is here. Aunt Tudor's here. Yeah, it looks like Aunt Tudor's here. And, and I um, could swear there was someone else briefly. Janet. Oh, good. Crone's getting some popcorn. <gasps> Speaking of which. Better save some of that for the chickies. I know how they love it. Oh, God. Do they ever. I remember, at least when I was a little tyke, when the microwaves were becoming in vogue and everything had a microwave version, including, and I don't know for what reason, brownie mixes and cakes, which all turned out like wrung out sponges. (laughs) But you know know what? To this day, they're still trying. There's those cake in a mug things oh yeah pour pour the batter into a mug and shove it into your microwave (laughs) but i remember when uh, microwave popcorn was fairly new to the scene they started to add things to it and they had these packets that uh, you put in uh, i think when you're done and it melted all over and it some of them were okay there was like caramel corn so (laughs) it is may 1st toppy did you can you believe it did you turn the calendar page today well, yeah, but you know what? Aunt Tudor, who's in the chat room, posted a happy May Day photo, and you can see people dancing around a maypole. Hmm. All right, can I tell you that in Pickle Hollow, I was in the last class that ever did that, and it would have been like 1972, the year of our movie, I think. And there's some reason, I'm sure there's some reason the school stopped it. Either it was because it was too religious or too pagan or something. I don't know. But after the year I did it, and it's just like that photo right there, um, they never did it again. It was the hmm. last time in Pickle Hollow. Was there polka music? <laughs> No, I don't remember what the music was. I really don't. Um, you, you know, you would think it would be polka music. Perhaps. Now, so it's uh, it's May 1st, and we've been trapped indoors for a couple of months, and we've got some, some time to come. I have it on good authority. But around the corner, we've got a very special holiday where we pay tribute to the ladies who have brought us into the world. It's going to be Mother's Day. And tonight we're going to be talking about a film uh, that stars one of your mama's favorites, I do believe. Well, this was kind of the reason I chose it, is my mother loves Barbara Babs Streisand, this movie. But I chose it for her and for Mother's Day. So, Toppy, are there any special activities that you've done in years past? Because everybody knows, of course, that right now we're going through a special time here where we've got to be a little bit more aware of those around us. And, you know, um, hey, we'll cover when you cough, that kind of a thing. But what are some of the things that you've done in years past to observe Mother's Day? Do you go out for dinner? Do you make a meal? Well, it was never missed in our house. Um, When it was Mother's Day, you didn't have to be a mother to be celebrated. You just had to be a woman. (laughs) Um, But um, uh, we would all get together, everybody, aunts, cousins, blah, blah, blah. It was like a big deal. And if you were a woman, you got flowers. (laughs) You didn't have to be a mother. (laughs) And... um, it's, you know, a lot of those people are gone now, and my parents are still here, and it's much more low-key, but certainly there will be flowers, there will probably be a breakfast that I will make for them in-house. What what do you do? How how do how did you used to observe it? Well, um, I, I remember the flowers part. You know, uh, I was mom's shadow for certain social activities because, well, my dad was raised Catholic, and it was during a time when services were in Latin still, you know, back before the 60s. And yeah. so uh, when when his family broke up, he, he kind of fell out of love with the church. So whenever there was a holiday, 
that's the only time Ed went with mom to church. But <laughs> I remember on Mother's Day at mom's church, she would have uh, flowers handed out to her and the other ladies. And uh, I remember in uh, in more recent years before we lost Mama Star Sage, uh, I would usually buy her not flowers. I would usually buy her a, like a potted plant, something that oh, she yeah. could plant in her yard that would last through the rest of the year. So uh, totally like I said, I got my mother flowers and it usually would be like a hanging basket that would last the whole summer. Hmm. Oh, I want to ask you, do you remember anything about this? Um, another May day thing. You did it on May 1st. My father remembers doing this. I do not, but it must've been a thing in the fifties on May day. Mothers would take their kids around the neighborhood and the kids would run up to the porch and leave a basket of something or a card. Hmm. Anybody in the chat room remember that was a thing on May Day or was that just here in Pickle Hollow? Huh. Well, you know, as as I... As I peek over the balcony, I see a longtime friend of the show, um, the Duchess, a.k.a. Moren, is there. So maybe she might know, because I, I do believe that uh, Moren and you might have had the same uh, childhood. So we'll we'll see if I get an answer from her. Could be. Hmm. But yes, we it looks like we've got Ant Shooters, and uh, we've got Cronavens lurking. I, I hear she plays some games now and then, so she may or may not be in the room. Yeah, and... she's a troublemaker. And it's good <laughs> yeah. to see Marin again. We've missed her, and we have Ant Tutor back once again. And of course, our old pal, Tommy, he's here. Thank you very much for coming, everybody. Yes. So, um, now Gertie is in the house, I do hear. Gertie, are you there? Yeah. So, what of it? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Hi. <laughs> so, so are you going to go see your mom uh, this Mother's Day? <laughs> of course. Let me Wait a minute. Let me make sure she's still alive. No, she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. Can we get on with it? Uh, I, I just want to introduce the show and get back down to my concession stand and eat candy. Okay. And when we get back, it looks like uh, Moren's wondering what we were talking about. To Go ahead and type it out in the chat room for her, folks. So, Toppy, um, let's get Gertie sent down those stairs. All right. Go ahead, Gertie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Howard is a Midwestern music nerd whose studies have brought him and his betrothed to the city by the bay. While attending a conference, he accidentally crosses paths with the charming yet mischievous Judy. Before you know it, she's crashed his party and swapped places with the future missus. Did she do it because she was smitten or just looking for a free lunch? Oh, how's Howard going to explain this to Eunice? Will he ever catch a break? Bab Streisand and Ryan O'Neill star in What's Up, Doc? Haha, <laughs> hit it, boys! What do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies and a smidgen of screaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. Hey, very good. Are you with me, DJ? I am. All right. Hey, uh, that Crownhaven uh, in the chat room said she did the Maypole dance at school. Did we call it a Maypole dance? What did we call it? A Maypole? Yeah, it was a Maypole dance. Hmm. And I, I do believe that that's uh, part of the celebration of the arrival of spring. It was very pagan. I mean, the next after the maple dance, we lit a campfire, took our clothes off and jumped over it. Hmm. No, seriously. No, that was not. We didn't do it. We didn't do it. Uh, toppy be nimble. Toppy be quick. Toppy yeah. fell over the candlestick. Yes. And then I, then I walked into this giant wicker man and somebody set it on fire. Never mind. No, that's just not true. Uh, the the, uh, the misspent youth. All right. So we've got a movie that we're talking about tonight here in light of it being Mother's Day. 
because, uh, you know, Toppy's uh, sweet mama is a big fan of Babs. And uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, play a little bit about the movie here, Toppy? Yeah, to play that crazy theme. And this is a nut theme. Uh, play the crazy trailer. And this is a nutty trailer, I got to tell you. Wait to hear this. This is San Francisco, the city chosen by one of the most brilliant and sensitive new generation of filmmakers, Peter Bogdanovich, for his maiden comedy effort, What's Up, Doc? Starring Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill. Where are we? I can't see! Well, there's not much to see, actually. We're inside a Chinese dragon. Any experienced observer of shooting techniques will quickly sense the utterly new and different atmosphere created on the Bogdanovich set. No more the crass showmanship and slap dash of the old Hollywood. You think I play baseball? Hello. Hello. Who are you? I'm Peter Bogdanovich. What's the picture you're making? This little picture we're making today is, um... What's up, Doc? I don't want to call it What's up, Doc. See what I mean? It goes boom and then it comes back and you have to get out of it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, what's the word I say? Isn't it action? Oh, action. I can't find my rock. Let's break the cases. Which ones? Here, too, none of the catch-as-catch-can-do-it-anyway attitudes of former filmmakers. Print. Here, instead, is a skilled artist, sophisticated in his craft, using the camera as Heifetz uses a Stradivarius. The relationship between star and director is no longer, as in the old days, one of master and slave. Here, mutual respect between the artist director and the artist stars make possible an exquisitely honed response. You must remember this. C minor seventh. A kiss is still a kiss. In a rare glimpse of two artists at work, we are afforded an insight into how director Peter Bogdanovich, working with stars Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill, can manage to put these two performers together and create that almost indefinable thing, which is most simply described as a motion picture called What's Up, Doc? They still say, I love you. folks uh, that was uh not a typical trailer of its time and it was uh, bagdanovich maybe have, may have had sway over making it it, it, it the, the, the you could kind of hear it in the trailer but the visuals was was a lot of backstage things um that were filmed while they were actually acting and uh, just not, it was a very different trailer. DJ, we're talking 1972. Uh, that's when What's Up Doc came out. Mm-hmm. And we like to set the stage and tell us what was going on in the world in uh, 1972. All So in 1972, the year that uh, What's Up Doc came out in theaters, uh, we have Shirley Chisholm. She was the first Amer- African-American congresswoman. She announced her candidacy for president then. Also, in another groundbreaking event, the Pioneer 10 spacecraft launched from Cape Kennedy, and it became the first man-made satellite to leave the solar system. Sally Priestend became the first female U.S. rabbi, first for the uh, the Jewish community there. 
the first rainbow gathering was held in Colorado. And this is a, a gathering of folks that are, uh, you know, more um, uh, free spirited folks. Maybe you might refer to them as sort of a, a fairyish type of folk. And uh, wait a minute, were they called the fair the fairies? Uh, what were they no, they, it was just the rainbow gathering. I think that uh, in some periods of time they've been known as the rainbow family, but uh, it's uh, naturists and nudists and uh, people who you know uh, um, get rid of their possessions. So that's it's just a free spirited community. It's the rainbow gathering. It was in Colorado in the first time in '72. Wait, wait, wait. I, uh, 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 Tommy in the chat room goes to, well, maybe I shouldn't say, never mind. Um, <laughs> it's familiar with similar events. And, okay. Uh, yeah. and so uh, also in 72, uh, 100,000 people attended the legendary Watt Stacks, W-A-T-T, Stacks, S-T-A-X. Now it, I've never heard of that. This was a concert that remembered the 65 Watts riots. They were race riots in Los Angeles. It was a black music concert in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Okay. Also in 72, country singer Loretta Lynn, a lot of women made history that year. She made history becoming the first female to ever win the coveted Country Music Association's Entertainer of the Year Award. Wow. And another couple of important ladies in 72, Eugene Cernan. Actually, this isn't a lady, sorry. Eugene Cernan was the last person to walk on the moon. So 72, that's when we left the moon. Before I was born. A, oh dear. A peace delegation that included singer activist Joan Baez. You know, the lady who sang about out um, uh, the blowing in the wind, she delivered the Christmas mail to American prisoners of war, and that was in 1972. Also, we have a few folks that entered the world in 72. We've got some celebrity births, Choppy. Let us know who entered the world. All right, well, you might know these people, Robin Lively. She was an actress and not quite human in 87 with Alan Thicke. We got Billy Joe Armstrong, a musician. Hey, he's the lead guitarist of Green Day. Keith Ferguson. He's a voice actor. Uh, he played the blue character from Foster's Home. Leslie Mann. It's a man, baby. Actress, girlfriend, Daddy, Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. We got Jennifer. A lot of people were born this month, folks. We can't list them all. But we do have Jennifer Garden, Garner, Dwayne Johnson, Octavia Spencer, John Cho, Will Wheaton, Rebecca Raman. <laughs> <laughs> Not Raman Noodles, Romaine. Oh, is, no, how do you spell, how do you pronounce Rebecca's last name? Rebecca Romaine, and she's important because she recently played the original first officer of Star Trek, Captain oh, Pike's I... number one. Oh, wow. <gasps> I do remember her. Oh, okay, all right, all right. And all she right. was also Mystique in the original X-Men movies done with Patrick Stewart. Good Lord. All right, DJ, this is kind of a switch for us here. Normally, not because we plan to, but normally our movies that we pick here at Matinee Minutia don't really do a great deal of box office action. But our choice this this time, What's Up Doc, didn't do too bad. But what were what was the whole uh, scene like in the theaters? Yeah, so in 72, the other shows that were competing for your attention, because this was a movie, this was a film release at the theater. And, uh, well, for a change, as Toppy was just saying, uh, what's up, Doc? Was not the underdog. Surprise, surprise. Nope. Nope. It we, made some money. It sure did. Uh, you know, uh, Babs was was able to buy another coat, I'm sure. 
And number ah. one that year, the Godfather. It was a hundred and thirty-three million. Number two That's that fine. year is a film that we we kicked off the new year with. This was the Poseidon Adventure, which raked in ninety-three million. Still wasn't enough to save the ship. Uh, Yay! <laughs> now uh, yeah. the creme de la creme is tonight's film. What's up, Jock? It brought in sixty-six million, but because we hey, it was. <laughs> Go ahead. Because we support the underdog here, I'm just going to give some honorable mention to the box office duds in 72. We've got the fourth of five films in this series that uh, I have it on good authority are my, my partner in crime's favorites. It's Well, it was number 18, and uh, it brought in only $9.7 million in 72 as Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. And number 19 was The Cowboys, which I believe was a film uh, with Clint Eastwood, who was 7.5 million. And number 20, usually our cheap seats that we find ourselves in, was a movie called Joe Kid, was one of John Wayne's last films, and it made 6.3 million. 6.3. 6.3. I, I, I don't remember Joe Kidd. I don't remember the Cowboys, but I'll tell you what. I remembered Conquest of the Planet of the Apes because I was a Planet of the Apes nutcase. <laughs> I couldn't get enough of those movies. Hmm. All right. You know what? Let's get into the cast of our little film that I dearly enjoyed. Uh, What's up, Doc? Um, well, we got to start with Barbara Streisand. We sure do. We know? do. This is quite the talented lady. Now, uh, What's Up, Jock was her fifth, number five, film in six years. She was a busy lady in the 70s. Oh, she was cranking it out. I mean, I, I can't believe when you think about how busy she was on stage, on TV, in movies. I mean, she was young and she could do it, but man, she made the she made the most of her youth. I'll tell you that. Sure did. And the movie she made before What's Up Talk came out in '70, and it was with George Seagal. She she played a lady of the night, and it was called The Owl and the Pussycat. And uh, the film after What's Up, Doc, was in 72 with Mr. David Selby. It was called Up the Sandbox. Which I think was a real stinker. A total bomb. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Up the Sandbox was a total bomb. Yeah, I think it was one of those crazy housewife movies. Um, It was... I I don't know. I, I may be... It had some sort of political issue. It was very of the day, and somehow it just, I don't know. But uh, Barbara would star in six more films within the next five years. So within 10 years, she's done about a dozen movies. Amazing. And and to this day, uh, she has, uh, she's taken to being more behind the camera these days, but she has a total of 23 credits as of today. And one of the more recent roles was a a film that I mentioned in her last show, a, uh, a homage to the in-laws. Yes. Uh, so oh, the in-laws. Right. So one of Babs's more recent films that she did that was sort of an homage to the in-laws from 74-ish, <clears throat> I think, was um, Meet the Parents. Now, she wasn't in the first installment. She was in the sequel, which is called Meet the Fockers. And uh, she played a, a therapist of sorts in that. So that was one of her more recent roles. But Toppy, there are some other people in this cast, much uh, to our amazement. Who was her co-star in this? I, I'm going to get right into that, DJ, but I was looking in the chat room. So... Uh, also, Aunt Tudor posted a photo. It's from What's Up Doc. It's got Ryan O'Neill on one side, Barbara Streisand on the other, and in the middle, an actor who I'm not going to be able to tell you the name of. But if I tell you the scene that I know, it was not Bud Court. Uh, the scene that 
probably everyone remembers him is in at the very beginning of Young Frankenstein. This actor is a is a is a a student who stands up and asks Doctor Frankenstein, and Gene Wilder says, "Uh, that's Frankenstein." Oh, Frankenstein. Oh, and um, he question, questions him about the research. He has a, a, dis, the, a distinguished voice that you, you can't, once you, once you see him in the move in What's Up Doc and you hear his voice, you immediately go, oh, that's that guy that was in Young Frankenstein. So the other cast, Ryan O'Neill was opposite Barbara Streisand, and they really made a splash together. Pete loved seeing them on screen together and this was only Ryan O'Neill's third film uh, he did Wild Rovers in 71 with William Holden and Tom Skerritt just before that and just after um, he did The Thief Who Came to Dinner but the movie that he excelled in and was so wonderful in Ryan O'Neill did Paper Moon, which was also directed by the director of this movie, Peter Bagdanovich. Paper Moon, oh, Lordy, McLord, Lord, if you've never seen Paper Moon, you gotta see it. It is special. It is, Madeline Kahn is in it, too. Oh. And Madeline Kahn is in our movie tonight. Anyways... Uh, I, I I feel personally that Paper Moon was Ryan O'Neill's pinnacle. And, oh, what a great movie. Uh, DJ, but who debuted in What's Up, Doc? Oh, well, I've got a minor confession that I'll give you in just a moment here. But uh, the person who made her screen debut in What's Up, Doc was the the love interest of Ryan O'Neill's character, at least who he arrived at the the ball, so to speak, with. And that was his fiancée, and uh, she was played by Madeline Kahn. Oh, and the first words, in the first scene she appears in, you hear her voice before you actually see her. And the minute you hear her voice, you go, oh my God, Madeline Kahn. <laughs> <laughs> So, she, uh, Madeline Kahn is, of course, an American actress. She's a comedian, voice actress, and singer. She's known for comedic roles in films directed by Bogdanovich and Mel Brooks, including tonight's film, as well as Young Frankenstein and High Anxiety with Mr. Mel Brooks and History of the World Part 1. And that was in 81. So she kept busy in, you know, in the uh, 70s and early 80s oh, there. Yeah, this, this was a busy time for her. And, of course, uh, she was in the film that Toppy was just mentioning, Paper Moon, in 73. And, of course, one of my favorites with Gene Wilder, Blazing Saddles, in 74. Now, Madeline Kahn made her Broadway debut in Leonard Sillman's New Faces in 68. So, right around when Babs was getting the start on her career. Hey, that's right. Yeah. And she received a Tony Award nomination for the play In the Boom Boom Room. Oh, that's just a, a perfect title for Madeline Kahn feature. <laughs> yeah. And in 74, for the original production of the musical On the 20th. 20th Century, which is in 78. And she starred as Madeline... Well, she she didn't always go by Madeline Kahn. She starred as Madeline Wayne on the short-lived sitcom Un-Madeline. So that was uh, just in yeah. 83. Um, it was called Oh Madeline. Oh Madeline. Named after Madeline Kahn. But this was a surprise because you would have thought this would have been a huge hit and it just wasn't and madeline khan was in it 
And nobody could figure out why nobody wanted to watch the show. Oh. But it failed miserably, which was a shame because she was you would feel like Madeline Kahn is made for a sitcom. It just didn't work. I don't yeah. know why. This lady captivated our hearts and she was a experienced theater actress. Now, my confession is going to be this. There was a point in time where I had Miss Madeline Kahn confused with somebody who occasionally worked for Disney, the Mouse House. There's an actress whose name is Barbara Harris, and okay. she was in one of my favorite Jodie Foster films. There's a film that's been remade several times called Freaky Friday that was in the 70s. Oh. And Barbara Harris played Jodie Foster's mother's character in that film. And I thought for the longest time that that was Madeline Kahn. But of course, I was mistaken. And when I watched Clue, I knew for sure it wasn't her. But Toppy, there's a moment in this film where Madeline Kahn, she was exposed to some events that almost had her saying her iconic line from Clue. And then I'm talking about the hotel room when the TV was pulled out of the wall. Mm-hmm. The f- it flame, flames, flames on the side of my face, breathing, breath, heaving breaths. Here we are, a little more than halfway through the show, and we're uh, traipsing on out to the uh, concession stand where our sweet Gertie is there with the treats. Yeah, stuff your face And uh, we have a little piece of uh, enjoyment for your ears. So, Toppy, what are we going to be listening to? Even what did I? DJ, what did I put? Just play it. We Just we play we we have a little thing here from the movie, and it's going to be fun. Have a listen. But in this case, and I think the Supreme Court will back me up on this. I am seriously considering setting up a torture chamber. Now, I want this whole ridiculous story told by one person. Does there anybody here think they can handle it? All right. And while he's telling it, the rest of you keep whips and red-hot irons in the back of your minds. Well, sir, my name is Howard Bannister, and I'm from Ames, Iowa. No excuse. No, sir, but it all started when I bumped my head in a taxi cab on the way in from the airport. Are you pleading insanity or amnesia? Neither, sir, but when I went to the drugstore to get something for a headache, the druggist tried to charge me for a radio because she said her husband would pay for it. But I didn't, of course. Anyway, she ripped my jacket, and when Eunice came along... Who's, who, who's Eunice? Well, Eunice is my fiancé. You have a wife and a fiancé? No, sir, but uh, she kept calling me Steve. Your own fiancé calls you Steve? No, sir, my wife. Or rather, the one who isn't my wife. Well, what does the one who isn't your fiancé call you? Howard? No, sir, the one who isn't my fiancé doesn't call me Howard, and the one who isn't my wife doesn't call me Howard, because the one who isn't my fiancé is also the one who isn't my wife. The other one who isn't my wife, the one who is my fiancé, she doesn't call me Steve. She calls me Howard. Do you see? Let's just skip over this part and move yeah. on, huh? <laughs> Well, anyway, that night at the banquet, she was there again. Who was there? Who was there? Your wife or your fiancé? Neither. There's a third? No, sir. The one who isn't either. Everyone was calling her Burnsy. Why? Well, that's short for Burns. That's Eunice's last name. Oh, so Eunice was there. No, sir. Burnsy was there. Or rather, the one who isn't Burnsy. I think I want to skip over this part, too. <laughs> well, that night I went back to my room and she was there taking a bath. Who was there? Uh, no, no. Don't tell me. Just go on. Well, when Eunice walked in and the drapes caught fire and everything burned, they asked me to leave the hotel. I really don't blame them. Good boy. Is there more? Oh, sure. There's more. Well, the next day, today, uh, Mr. Larrabee asked me to come to his house with my rocks and to bring Eunice, or rather Burnsy, the one he thinks is Eunice. Is that clear? No, but it's consistent. Shall I go back over it? Oh, no, please, I beg you. Just, just go on. Well, it gets kind of complicated now. First, there was this trouble between me and Hugh. You and me? No, not you. Hugh. I am you. You and me? No, I am you. Stop saying that. Make him stop saying that. Don't touch me. I'm a doctor. Have what? Music. Can you fix a hi-fi? No, sir. Then shut up. 
Well, anyway, he came in and tried to get my case, and then he came in and tried to get his case, and then they came in and tried to get all the cases, and then the shooting started. They forced me to come with them. I was out in the car the whole time. You little fink. Oh, you brought the stuff Silence! Order! Now, this is my last warning. I intend to get to the bottom of this web of deceit and confusion if it takes me the rest of my life, which may end at any minute. Good Lord, that is why I love his performance. It is hysterical. <laughs> uh, that's just the audio, but if, if, when you when you see him through the whole scene, he is like pouring pills down his mouth and serping medicine from a bottle. It's a riot. <laughs> so uh, we've got some other folks in the cast here. DJ, let me just leap in here and say Cronhaven in the chat room has said that Austin Pendleton is the actor that played the character in What's Up, Doc. Um, he's the guy that was giving out the uh, grant uh, at the symposium. So he was the guy with the money that, you know, that we thought might be giving Ryan O'Neill the grant. And he, that's that that's what uh, Crow came up with. And I, I believe that's right, Austin Pendleton. And he's done work with the Muppets, so he's he's okay in my book. <laughs> How do you know that? It's it's on his IMDb. So uh, Madeline Kahn, okay, there you go. You got to love her. Uh, Kenneth Mars is kind of the um, well, the real one of the antagonists in this movie, <laughs> and. Kenneth Mars is a treat, especially here. He has this flock of hair that he flips and he turns his nose up and he has a ridiculous accent. By the way, when I was watching What's Up Doc, I said, what the hell kind of accent is he doing? And you know what it turns out to be? <laughs> Croatian. Mm -hmm. That's what my research showed. He was playing some guy from Croatia. He was doing a Croatian accent. Or at least a reasonable facsimile thereof. But uh, he is uh, specialized in comedic roles, and he loved to do characters that had accents. He just loved doing that. And so a lot of people used him uh, in their movies where he had some sort of crazy accent. That would include Mel Brooks who used him as uh, the deranged Nazi playwright <laughs> in the producers, um, the police inspector in young Frankenstein. He was the guy with the wooden hand, Hans Wilhelm Friedrich Kemp. <laughs> and uh, he was also in Woody Allen's radio days in 87 and in Woody Allen's shadows and fog in 90. And he voiced a lot of characters on cartoons and he did the Smurfs, the Biscuits, um, a pup named Scooby-Doo, Tailspin, and a Maniac. So he was around, and he did. Now, there's one. I want to ask the chat room this. Uh, there is one role. I don't know if it was a movie. I don't know if it was a television series. But in every scene, Kenneth Mars had this chin strap that that I guess he wore because he was trying to hold his chin in. And he does have a pronounced chin. I don't remember what damn movie that was in, but I just remember him as a character wearing this chin strap to keep his chin in. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. So, DJ, I want you to talk about at the very end of this movie, there's a judge that I just love. <laughs> and he's played by Liam Dunn. Just tell us a little bit about him, and then we'll move on. Who's oh. Liam? What is this guy? Oh, righty. So the the character played by Barbara Streisand is Miss Judy Maxwell. And she's, well, she's just very mischievous. And some might say she's a con artist. She's trying to figure out how to 
to make her way. And in fact, shortly after she arrives at the hotel, she uh, she provide she asks if her friends have checked into a room number. Well, she wants to make sure the room's vacant because she's going to order some food to pick up in the hallway. But uh, it turns out by the time that this uh, these shenanigans have run their course, the judge, when they all get into hot water, was played by Liam Dunn, and he was born in New Jersey in 1916. <laughs> yes, he was uh, a few years old in this, and uh, well, this was his... First this was his big break. This yeah. Movie. And uh, he played Judge Maxwell. Now, on the set of What's Up Doc, Mel Brooks was looking for actors to form a stock. And he recruited Dunn and Madeline Kahn. Now, Dunn is forever remembered for the character of Reverend Johnson in Blazing Saddles with Gene Wilder. And mm-hmm. Dunn's other works include Young Frankenstein. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And silent movie in '76. So there you go. All right, let's get to Peter Bogdanovich. He did this movie. He is one of those wonderkins. This guy did so many things so early on in his career that were so freaking fabulous. That kind of like Orson Welles, who he admired greatly. He kind of shot his wad early, to be honest with you. He did a lot of great things in the early 70s. And yes, he he kept going, he kept creating, but none of them matched his masterpieces, which many would say is the last picture show um, that he did was his first movie. Much like Orson Welles' Citizen Kane, which was his masterpiece, uh, you, 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 you can't not agree that his very first movie was his masterpiece. And it's kind of neat that, uh, that, that What's Up Doc was his next movie because you can't, there are no two different movies than The Last Picture Show and and What's up, Doc? I mean, goodness. But you can, but Bagdanovich loved Hollywood. He loved the history of Hollywood. He loved the people that did things in Hollywood. He loved the directors. He wanted to emulate them. And certainly, when you look at What's Up, Doc, what is it other than a 1930s screwball comedy made over again? And he doesn't try to hide that fact. There is a scene in What's Up Doc that is virtually ripped right out of Bringing Up Baby, where Barbara Streisand tears Ryan O'Neill's shirt. Well, that's exactly what <laughs> Catherine Hepburn did to Cary Grant all those years ago. He didn't hide it. It was a, to him, this was a uh, an homage, exactly. At any rate, some of his Greatest movies, as I said, were done right off Paper Moon with Ryan O'Neill, Madeline Kahn. So incredible. As I say, I think that's his man. That's to me is his masterpiece. And also later on in 85, Mask. Remember that movie with Cher and Eric Stoltz? Sure do. Yeah. So, and he, he, he went on. To do many things, but but really, just it didn't. They never measured up to his early work, but he is great. That's all I can say. He wrote many books about the people he loved in Hollywood, and um, he is a student of film. That that's the, the last thing. Now let's get on to the writers. There are three main writers for this movie. So tell us about them. Alrighty. So the team of folks who brought you What's Up Doc included Mr. Buck Henry, and he worked on a very famous film. It got Anne Bancroft her start on the silver screen. It was The Graduate. And he was also co-creator of Get Smart. You know that show about the secret agent who had the shoe phone? Yes. You know, I had a hard time figuring out who Buck Henry was. He acted a lot, too. Hmm. And he had his hands in a lot of things. He did a lot of writing. But 
And Buck Henry is one of those names you hear and like you just go, who, what, what did he do? I don't know. But he was in a lot of TV stuff. And when I found out he was one of the creators of Get Smart, I just couldn't get over it. And uh, another member of the team was Mr. David Newman. Now, he helped make a film that started off um, on uh, Warren Beatty. He was uh, the man responsible for writing Bonnie and Clyde. And Faye Dunaway, yeah. Yeah, and then in the 80s, he did uh, the first Superman film. As well as the second and third. And we love him for the first and second, but we're sad for him for the third. (laughs) (laughs) And another 80s favorite of mine that Mr. David Newman was responsible for. It's a film starring one of my favorites, Dudley Moore. It was Santa Claus, the movie, which we talked about on one of my old shows. And it had John Lithgow in it. And uh, the last but not least member of the team that brought you What's Up, Doc, was Mr. Robert Benton. And he did a film that starred Mr. uh, Dustin Hoffman. He wrote this film. It was Kramer versus Kramer about a very public divorce. And uh, one of the last films he did in the 80s was uh, a breakout role for Sally Fields. He did the story to Places in the Heart, which I have to watch again. Oh, God. Um, I was so impressed with that movie when it came out. I want to say that um, possibly Danny Glover was at the beginning of his career in that. Uh, Early on, I can't remember if um, that came before his his big series of other oh, lethal weapon movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure which came first. Um, all right, DJ, uh, we're getting towards the end here. What, what are some of the, first of all, when did you see first see this movie? I have heard about it over the years. This is the first time and I'm very happy as I am. Anytime I get to discover, you know, uh, one of these pop culture guilty pleasures, because this was quite a delight. It's it's um, it actually passes by rather quickly. Yes. It, but uh, nowadays, I think they probably would call it a romantic comedy. It's yeah. it's a date movie. Yeah, and so you just saw it for the first time recently. I did. Okay, I saw it the first time. I saw it was on TV in the seventies, and you know it was a long, long, long time ago. And I saw it with my grandmother. And we just sat there and we just laughed and laughed and laughed our way through this movie. (laughs) And I got to tell you, I didn't know what to expect when I revisited it the other night when I saw it for the first time. And I have to say, it it wasn't quite as funny as I remember, but still funny and lovable. So give me some scene in there that grabbed you dj oh goodness it it, uh, it was just a joy to watch barbara having fun on this film because her character was certainly not the you know the serious straight-laced character that her her character falls in love with howard but howard. yes and uh, i i want to say that he was the template for many movies to come he was he was basically the cookie cutter for um the the uh, the husband to be in um, Rocky Horror, that's for sure. But, oh wait, this was before Rocky Horror, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So okay. uh, a moment that I think you shouldn't miss watching What's Up Doc if it's your first time. There's a moment when Judy has gotten to the hotel, the Hotel Bristol, and as I was saying earlier. She asks if her friends are in a certain room number. Because, of course, she's going to have food delivered there. She calls on the house phone, which is which is something they used to have back in the day before we all had cell phones. You had the, the phone in the lobby you could call others from. And, uh, well, she orders a very specific thing. Now, do you remember what her room service order was, Toppy? I don't know, but it was a lot of food. (laughs) Very rich food. It was a a double-thick roast beef sandwich with one side with mayo and one side with mustard and a hot fudge sundae. (laughs) 
Now, that is something I did not remember. But in the beginning of this movie, we find Barbara Streisand's motivation is that she is extremely hungry. <laughs> that's <laughs> for hungry, sure. Apparently. And that's why she hasn't eaten, because she's, she's just broke. Yes. And she's scheming for ways to eat. Just find some goddamn thing to eat. <laughs> she's nibbling carrots off of a serving tray. That's one yeah. of the iconic moments in the movie. But not only does she place her room service order, but when she finds her way to the room, somebody else has already stolen the 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 vacant room and is has mm-hmm. claimed her food. So she she's out the food, the poor hungry lady. <laughs> Yeah, that she, was, yeah. She she curses the guy under her breath because she's just walking down the hallway and she's about to pick up the tray, and the guy comes out the door and takes it from her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Play that first scene where Barb uh, Babs is nibbling on uh, some celery or carrot, and she says, "What's up, Doc?" And it's when she meets Howard for the first time. It's a cute scene. Play that one. What's up, Doc? I beg your pardon. You've got to stop meeting like this. I think you're making a mistake. You see, I just came in here for something for a headache. You're going to need an awful big glass of water to get that down. What? Oh, no, no. You see, I'm a musicologist. I was just testing this specimen for inherent tonal quality. Uh-huh. I have this theory about early man's musical relationship to igneous rock formations. Uh-huh. Oh, but I guess you're not really interested in igneous rock formations. Not as much as I am in the metamorphic or sedimentary rock categories. I mean, I can take your igneous rocks or leave them. I relate primarily to micas, quartz, feldspar. You can keep your pyroxenes, magnetites, and coarse grain plutonics as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I forgot why I came in here. <laughs> oh, yes, thank you. That was their first meeting. So, Toppy, what would you consider to be a moment you shouldn't miss if this is your first time watching? Good Lord, there's several for me. <laughs> okay, so this movie, like I said, is a screwball comedy, and it also has a lot of slapstick in it. And I am a sucker for slapstick. I don't care. I fall on the floor laughing at mm-hmm. Three Stooges, okay? I don't apologize for it. Uh, so in one, I, I swear to God, it's my favorite moment in the movie there's this one part where some enforcer some mob guy is trying to delay this rich woman who has jewels in this bag and her name is mrs van hoskins and she's played by character actress mabel albert albertson oh yes she's trying to prevent her from reaching her room because someone orders him to do and all the way through her journey trying to get through a room, he just keeps trying to trip her. And she falls on the floor over and over again. And she's completely like, uh, uh, doesn't understand what's happening or why this man is tripping her. But it happens over and over again. And I just could not stop laughing when I saw this. So total slapstick ridiculous kind of humor that this movie was not afraid of tapping into. Um, I also, of course, love the car chase through San Francisco Hills. And believe it or not, folks, there is a a pie-throwing scene in this movie. (laughs) 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 I tell you, but... My favorite of all favorites is is the ending scene with the judge played by Liam Dunn. But so so much to love. We gotta wrap this up, DJ. We do. Um, let's well, let's say if people love this movie, what would you recommend them to also see? Okay, so let me get to my recommendations here. Because Barbara Streisand was in this film, I'm going to tell you another film that I've enjoyed. It's my favorite Barbara film. And this was done a few years before What's Up Doc. In 69, Barbara did a film that she had been in the play version of. And uh, this was Carol Channing's theater big role. But uh, 
Babs did it on the uh, silver screen in 69. Yeah. Hello, Dolly, with Walter Matthau. I, and I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Should we? Never mind. I won't even get into it. Continue. <laughs> now, because there's a lot of double talk in What's Up Doc, especially when she's having to pretend to be Eunice, the, uh, <laughs> you know, Howard's uh, fiance. I'm going to recommend a film that reminds me of Judy's character, a con artist of sorts. And this was a film done in 92, starring Steve Martin and one of my 80s favorites, Goldie Hawn. This is a film called House Sitter. And the story is a con artist moves into an architect's vacant dream home and ends up pretending to be his new wife. Hmm. It seems I haven't seen that movie, but I can see those two actors being good with each other. What did you enjoy? You, you didn't enjoy that. Obviously. Oh, tremendously. Because uh, before the film is over, they're making up memories they didn't have. And that's mm-hmm. just part of the comedy because they're they're doing it in for the benefit of strangers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, my recommendations are remember... Hello, not hello, Dolly. <laughs> What's up, Doc? Was an unabashed redoing of basically bringing up baby from 1938 with Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn. Please go see that movie. Oh, my God. It's directed by Howard Hawks. And uh, it... it it's more screwbally than What's Up Doc in that you know how actors of that day delivered their dialogue? It was much faster. Well, Barbara was almost doing that. But anyways, bringing up baby. My God, that's what I recommend. And if you want to see Ryan O'Neill in another movie with Barbara Streisand, <laughs> then please, by all means, be my guest and see the main event which was made only seven years after What's Up, Doc? And they certainly thought they were going to recapture the chemistry that Ryan O'Neill and Barbara Streisand had in What's Up, Doc? And maybe they did, maybe they did not. There's only one problem. They entered the disco era, and Barbara Streisand sings disco, which never should have happened. But it- <laughs> Go ahead and see <laughs> Ryan O'Neill and Barbara Streisand in another comedy, and uh, th- those are my uh, those are my recommendations. If you like this movie, you'll like the main event, and please see Bringing Up Baby. I guarantee you, Cary Grant had an undershirt on when his clothes got tore. <laughs> <gasps> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tuppy, go ahead and grab us that bag of coins the magician left behind. All right. Uh, give me that bag of coins. Yeah, All right. Baby. Put that in the slot there. Okay. So, here we are. And this is what's coming up next. On Friday, May 15th, here on Univaz at 9 p.m. Eastern, from the director of Revenge of the Nerds, a late 80s comedy starring sitcom goofy girl Shelley Long and everybody's favorite husband, Craig T. Nelson. A soon-to-be-divorced Beverly Hills socialite is determined to prove to her husband and herself that she can finish what she starts out to do by becoming a den mother to a troop of Beverly Hills Girl Scouts. Next time on Matinee Minutia, Troop Beverly Hills, with special guest, Demanda Martini. Oh, we're going to have a return of Demanda. That's wonderful. Yes! Alrighty, Toppy, let us know who was in the chat room tonight, please. We are very happy that we were joined by our pal Tommy, our friend Martin Gertz, our friend Cronehaven, who we have met in person many times, haven't we, DJ? We have. And also, look at that. That's your husband, Billy. Billy Starsage, and also our favorite Aunt Tudor, who comes by 
every single time. And we thank you all. And also Lady Janet, friend of the show, has uh, oh, dropped I'm by. sorry. I missed, I missed <laughs> Janet. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, just uh, hearkening back to the film you were talking about earlier, that was the name of the cafe we went to with Aunt Tudor was Paper Moon. Oh, my God. That's right. Yes, and uh, alrighty, so if you will please, sir, go ahead and say goodnight, Gracie. All right, DJ, goodnight, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univazpods.net, click the tower for audio, enter Discord for chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at matineeminutia. Find our group on Facebook. Have an idea for a show? Or let us know how we're doing. Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univazpods.net.